Hey team, happy whatever day it is that you're listening to this. I hope it's a Monday because it's the best day of the week. Well, the best day of the week is actually the day that it currently is, which is Wednesday. Unless you're listening to this on another day, then it's a different day. So for episode number 64 of the podcast, uh, we had Virtus' newest team member on, Michaela Welty. Michaela is a dietitian. She is a rugby player. She's an avid dancer. She uh, likes reading bright orange books. Uh, She trains hard, has a lot of fun, loves travel, uh, has done a heap of cool shit, and is someone who resonated with me and us and our message uh, very quickly. Um, She believes a lot of the same stuff we do uh, which is super cool because it's nice to be validated a lot of the time but she's also has a whole heap of other experiences that uh, we are yet to dive deep into so she's going to be someone we're very proud to have as a part of the Virtus family and someone who we're really looking forward to seeing how she helps grow and enhance uh, the experiences of everyone who walks through our doors so if you haven't yet met her please pop your head in, say hello, uh, or you can shoot her a message on Welty Wellness uh, on Instagram. Um, Before we actually get stuck in, I would like to thank all you guys for listening. Uh, Cheers to you. If you could uh, grab your right hand and roll it to the back of your shoulder and give yourself a little pat on the back, that would be fantastic. Um, We are now on Spotify as well as Podbean and iTunes, so... um, if you're already listening to it, it probably doesn't matter too much, but it's an easy way to share it to everyone else. Um, it's a it's a cool feeling to be able to see the download numbers going up. So if and you know I like dopamine and stuff. So if you guys want to shoot a link to the podcast to someone you like and someone you think might get a lot out of it, that would be spectacular. If you're not actually enjoying the podcast, and you probably should listen to something else. Um, but if you are still listening, even though you're not enjoying it, please send it to someone you hate. Because then, you know, <laughs> numbers go up whether people get value out of it or not. So, if they listen. But my goal is to bring value, obviously. Um, and value is exactly what you'll get if you hang around for the next hour and a half. So, here's Michaela. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Michaela? Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. What's been happening? Not much. Just joined the Virtus fam. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And we will get to that. But first okay, question sorry. for you. What gets you out of bed in the morning? People. Elaborate. Um, there we go. I've started with my arms already. <laughs> Just on a side note, we had this conversation last week that I say arm a lot when I'm thinking. So this is going to be my challenge. Reduce the amount of times I say I'm um, during this podcast. But... If you're, sitting, if you're not driving, actually... Yeah, no. Nah, if you're not driving, 
get a piece of paper and just write them down and send them in. See if we get some. Uh, if you guess the correct number of arms, I'll give you a free free podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> so what gets me out of bed in the morning? People, people who want to learn, people who I can help, people that I can build great memories with. Ooh, just people. I feel like people are the answer to living. When people aren't around and when you're by yourself, like, don't get me wrong, I like being by myself and people do my head in a lot of the time as well. <laughs> but nothing's fun unless you can share it with people. I think we have very similar philosophies. Yeah. Um, and food gets me out of bed too. But other than that, yeah, people would be the main, the main one. What would you consider your like purpose to be? And I know it's real deep, real quick, but what would you consider it to be, or what are you working on figuring out it to be? Purpose in life, purpose in career, purpose in are they different? Where, yeah. Do you think they're different? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- explain why. Well, I think they overlap. Yeah. But I believe my purpose throughout my whole life is to leave a legacy of some description. Um, there we go. There's another one I to like the tally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think family is like a big thing in, with me. Um, and I don't have a big family or anything, but my last name ends at me. I'm the youngest on my dad's side and we don't have a very common last name. Yeah. And so my whole life I've, and I'm my, I'm, my dad's best friend, basically. So if you know anything about me, you know that me and my dad are very, very close. Um, but I think my whole life I've thought my purpose would be to have my last name mean something forever. Yeah. So once, you know, I get married and I hope I get married, I may not have my last name anymore because traditionally, you know, you take your husband's last it's name. 28, mate. You know what you want now. Yeah, I know. I know. But... I, I wanted something more to have that legacy because if it wasn't my last name anymore legally, it would still carry weight. Yeah. Um, there's another one. Are we are we hitting? No, that's, oh. that's <laughs> that bell's for something different. Oh. Sorry, guys. To, oh. to the uninitiated, this is the shout out bell. Oh, okay. So, what's your dad's name? Clive. Cheers to Clive. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> He'll be proud of this. <laughs> but we can use that as our umbel as well. No. That's why I thought you were getting it out. Yeah, umbel. <laughs> okay. No, no, it's not our umbel. Oh, okay. I actually forgot about that already, so carry on. Uh, I'm so conscious of it now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Uh, okay, continuing. Good. Yes, carry on. So, yeah, I wanted my, my last name to mean something. Um... So that was my legacy moving forward. So my purpose and why I created Wealthy Wellness was to kind of bring those two things together, what I believed would be my legacy for the rest of my life and when I'm not here anymore, and then how I can make it a, a legacy that meant something. And so the legacy of Wealthy Wellness will be, well, I hope it will be, that every day I'm waking up, I'm helping people live longer, live better, make memories and be confident and happy within themselves. Because I am a true believer that happiness is just an emotion and a feeling, just like being angry, just like being in love. And 
people have this idea of happiness is it's like you always have to be happy and that's what you should be striving to and it's so not right and it's so like it's it's okay not to be okay and treat happiness like you treat anger like you treat love like you treat sadness you're never always one emotion yeah yeah so I want people to be okay with not being okay, but be healthy about it. And whether that's through, you know, releasing endorphins from exercise or eating well, um, because good food makes you feel good. Yeah, Um, it does. Yeah. Like bad food or what we call bad food, cheat meals or whatever you want to call them. It still makes you feel good. As we're still on audio, Mick did the uh, the quotation mark mark bunny is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I don't know. That was a really rambled answer but I, I guess it probably shows that I haven't a hundred percent knuckled down on exactly what my purpose is but it's something along those lines yeah do you think you'll ever nail nail it down and know exactly what it is no because I think your purpose changes depending on who comes into your life who goes out of your life what's happening in your life like you know you, you may think you have a purpose and that's what your goal is going to be and that's great, but you have to be open for change and nothing ever runs smoothly. So, you know, as sad as it is, so many people get become ill with things like cancer and everything like that. And if, if that was to happen to me, my purpose would change straight away because yeah. obviously work and things would go on the back burner and it would be about making memories with my close friends and family rather than making memories with as many people as I can. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anyone's purpose is ever set in stone because it depends on your environment and what happens and you don't have control over that all the time. Awesome. Yeah. What are you, what are you most excited for? In life? Yeah. Because you, you strike me, and obviously, like, I'm getting to know you a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but yeah. you strike me as the kind of person that is just like bounding out of bed in the morning. Maybe it takes a coffee or two, but... Is no, re- I'm like, wanting is, to, is I am a morning person. Really looking forward to just yeah. doing life. What? What? I, I don't. Oh, I don't know. Experiencing things. Yeah. Anything and everything, like bad stuff, good stuff. I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. And I'll tell you a story that's quite <laughs> personal. Hit me. Yeah. No. And and I came across and and the understanding of this quote when I was really quite young. Um. And once again, it comes back down to the shout out to my dad. Um, but we have had a lot of tragedy in my family, tra- tragic accidents in my family, like like a lot of people have. Yep. And everyone goes through things that are really challenging. And I think until you realize that everything does happen for a reason and that it might be the worst thing at the time, better things will come from it. Yep. And I think... Like my, my dad lost his father in a, in a motorbike accident when he was eight or nine years old. And I spoke to him when I was a young, a kid. I don't know how old it would have been. I would have been maybe 12, 13, old enough to understand and, um, kind of come up with my own ideas. And my dad said, I said to my dad, like, how do you get through that as a kid? Like, you know, how do you comprehend like that one Mm. person in your life or any of your parents or close members? It's like, why have they been taken away? Like, what did they ever do? And you feel like you you need to find a reason as like, how could that happen to such a good person? Like Mm. my dad's dad never hurt anyone intentionally. Never, you know, we don't, we don't live like that. And so you have to sit down and be like, why you need to comprehend it somehow. And I remember my dad saying to me that, 
it was the worst thing at the time, like a young boy losing losing his father. And at the time it was kind of like, what did he do to deserve that? And now he looks back at it and goes, he said to me, if his dad didn't die, I wouldn't be here as in me, myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I thought about it for a second. I was like, but how? And then he explained that if my pop Michael, who I'm named after actually, didn't awesome. pass away, my grandma wouldn't have remarried and met my granddad, who I call granddad now, and I know as my granddad, and they wouldn't have migrated to Australia. So my dad was born in England because yeah. they moved to Australia for my granddad's work. So my dad would never have met my yeah. mum. And so I wouldn't be here right now. So at the time, yes, it was a really, really bad thing, a tragic thing to happen to my dad at eight years old or nine years old. But in hindsight, he now has the life that he has now Mm. because of it. Yeah. And he has two daughters and he has, is in a, a loving marriage. You know, he's kicking goals in his career. He's playing sport for Australia. Like, for like, it's just, all of these things happen for a reason. Yeah. And I think that story and me talking to my dad about that all of those years ago has really stuck with me the whole time. And it shows that, you know, when I'm feeling my shittest or the, a bad thing happens or even a good thing happens, yeah. don't take it for granted, but also know gonna be everything happens over, for a reason. Over at some point. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, and anyone that's listened to more than probably two podcasts would understand. I struggle with it. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Caroline, yeah. Cause I, tend to and when it boils down to it I, I completely agree but I tend to look at it as shit just happens but we deal with it in our own way yeah. and, and, and we always work through it whether it's good or bad it's just it is it is what it is yeah. and um, we deal with it the best we can um, either way but that's a it's a pretty profound thing to learn when, when did you have that conversation with him? oh I would have been like probably early teens yeah yeah it's a pretty, pretty, I would say, cool conversation to have with your dad when you're 13. Yeah. And he probably doesn't even remember it. I'll get him to listen to this and he'll be like, ah. Oh. But yeah, it just was one of those things that... It's a little sidebar. How, how cool is it that we can, like, someone can have a conversation with us and it not mean too much to them, it's just them yeah. having a conversation and we can chalk it up to one of the most profound like, moments of our lives. Yeah. yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. It shows the impact that you can make with one conversation. Yeah. And that yeah. starts with people. Education, hey, talking. Good segue. Yes. Really good. So how, talk me through, kind of give me like an elevator pitch as to what you do at the moment. How do you serve people? So I am now a registered dietitian. Woo. Um, yeah. Party. Five years <laughs> later, $72,000 hex debt. <laughs> Living the dream. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I'm, yeah, working as a dietitian um, clinically and with in my own business, Wellty Wellness. Um, and I can service people like one-on-one consults, group education, um, just online exposure. Yeah. And it all boils down to that I want to help people with their health. So as a qualified PT as well and done a bit of quite a bit of work as a PT in the past um, and done a lot of strength conditioning work with um, weekend warriors and amateur athletes at local domestic clubs, particularly with rugby and AFL. Um, I have a, a pretty good understanding of what it takes to be better in your health. And it's not just about training and it's not best just about nutrition. And this is why I kind of wanted to get a holistic approach to health and why 
I've done all the work that I have to get to Wellty Wellness. Yeah. Um, so with with my dietitian side of things, I can help people that have medical conditions. So things like Crohn's disease, diabetes, um, heart disease, you know, intolerances, um, celiac, lactose, whatever it might be, eating disorders, mental health, anything within the medical clinical scheme um, yeah. I can help with. But then I find personally for me, things like diabetes or type 2 diabetes in particular, heart disease, they are all lifestyle diseases. So I can help with all those conditions and I would like love to help people be able to manage those conditions. Yeah. But my goal is to avoid those conditions from occurring. So yeah. I work acutely at a hospital two days a week, um, but that's not my 100% forte because I'd rather work with people before they get to that acute stage. Yeah. And I think the really good thing about nutrition is everyone has to eat. And you, so you can always learn something more. You You die. And that means dietitians are lifesavers. So guys, I'm a (laughs) lifesaver. Yeah. So if you don't, everyone can learn something about nutrition because you have to eat. So you don't have to have a condition to come and see me. You don't have to have an actual reason to come see me other than you want to be educated and you want to know more. Um, and that's what I want. I want people to be educated and I want to give you everyone the tools that they don't have to come and see me after a certain amount of time. I think it's really easy and the whole world seems to revolve around money these days and status and social media and how many followers you've got and, you know, quick fixes and, you know, 12-week challenges and eight-week challenges and diet plans and fad diets. I call it a happiness trap. It's like a, Explain. Like... We're, we're told to that we need like fame and recognition and validation yeah. and, and money and things to be happy. Yeah. But it's like... But that, happiness is that, just a feeling like being angry yeah, and sad. It, that drains... I think that drains us of our happiness because we're constantly chasing rather than just being. Um, and I think it's a trap that, you know, we're kind of taught... Society's kind of been moved into that way over the last couple hundred years. And yeah, I think if, if we can understand that it's a trap and it's a that's one way to go but there's so many different other ways to live like we all like materialistic things um a lot of the time we like things being comfortable and things like that but i think being able to like connect and experience and understand and struggle and be in pain they're the things that truly like if we're looking for happiness and yes happiness is just feeling but it's a feeling that we chase because it makes us feel good Mm. if we can chase those things then happiness is a byproduct. Yeah. Um, One of those keywords is understand, and I think that's where I'm going with this explanation of there is all of these things you can do, but it seems to be a vicious cycle, hmm. another trap. If you do it for 12 weeks, you restrict yourself, or you don't know why you're doing something, particularly with diets and nutrition, and then you fall off the, the wagon, as people say, quotation marks again, <laughs> and you come back to square one and then you're like, how come it didn't work? Yeah. And it's so common in nutrition and even Oh, no, I tried that. I saw a dietitian and it didn't work. Yeah, and it's like, I, well, I tried a gym and it didn't work. Yeah, and it's and, and every diet, and like I just made a social media post that I'll be putting up a little bit later today and it was just quick tips and things that I've learned over the years and really common things that have come up. Every diet plan works. Not every diet plan is sustainable. Mm. 
just like every training program can work and help make you better if you do it properly. But are you going to do the same training program for the rest of your life? No, it's not realistic. So I want to educate people so they come and see me, they get educated, they might see me two, three, four times or even every month for a year. But then after that point where they they have the tools that they need, they don't need to come see me anymore because they're left to their own devices. I think in, like investment wise, if people people look at it and go, oh no, I can't afford it, or I don't want it, like that is a common thing, or I'm not going to learn anything. But if you can take two or three practical like takeaway points from each of those sessions, then you've got all these new tools in your toolbox that they can use not only now but for the rest of their lives. And when they feel as though they're falling off the wagon or feel as though they're reverting back to being comfortable and going mm-hmm. to comfort foods and things like that. They go, oh, I remember that thing that Mick said about, you know, making sure that I don't eat too much of this or if I, you know, can fill myself up on this or, or something like that. And they actually have actionable points to take away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why that education side of things is so important because, you know, I, like we use it like training example, right? Like I go to a mechanic and say, hey, can you train me and make me really tired? but I'm not actually going to improve and I'm not going to learn anything. Mm. But that's why we're coaches, so we can actually teach and empower. It's not just about entertaining someone for half an hour or an hour, um, and your sessions are the same. Yeah. What have been your biggest roadblocks or, yeah, we've got roadblocks in educating people? Probably the one that stands out the most is, is the fact that everyone eats so everyone thinks they're an expert in nutrition <laughs> yeah and it's hard because it's like if there was a really good graphic online not that long ago and we actually shared it in our group of friends um that did the masters of dietetics yeah and it was like you know if you have a problem with your teeth an arrow you go see a dentist yeah. if you need a medication prescription arrow you go see a gp um if you need your car fixed arrow you go see a mechanic yeah if you don't know what to eat or are confused about nutrition and it was like, go to social media, go to your family, go ask your friends, read an article. And it was all these loopy lines. And eventually after maybe eight or nine points, it had dietitian. Um, and I think as well, another, another point is that there's so many people out there that, you know, call themselves nutritionists and they get a nutrition degree or not degree certification online. Like you can pay $99 and get, yeah. a certificate of nutrition or like personal track. I'm a personal trainer myself. So anyone, can, to, anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. I think if you've done a nutrition unit in a course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the hard thing because it's, it, it's like they, they've, there's no one governing it. So, you know, all of us dietitians have gone and done, you know, at least four or five years of university study. We've done yeah. clinical placements. We've worked in hospitals. We've worked in the acute care setting, um, the intensive care setting, like, We've done all of the, that extra scientific side of things um, and it's not to, you know, stamp on nutritionists or anything like that because I think they definitely have their place and it's great that personal trainers have to do a couple of units of nutrition in their course 100%. because they have a basic understanding and it, yeah. it only educates them more. Like every ed- all education is great but it's just really hard because there's so many messages out there these days from marketing on food labels um, to you know, social media models or stars that, you know, post recipes and things that aren't probably the best or, you know, their restrictive diets on a thousand calories and telling girls to eat a thousand calories and train six times a week. 
Like it's just yeah. it's leading to bad relationships with food. It's eating to, leading to eating disorders, mental health issues. And it's just really hard because then people are really skeptical. Mm. And so they go to me, oh, why would I come and see a dietitian and pay X amount of money to yep. see a dietitian when I can go and buy a program online for $29 yeah. and look like the girl in the picture? <laughs> yeah, It's just really hard because people believe what they want to believe. Um, and unfortunately, even things like scientific articles, you know, you could read an article and you think, oh, this is great because it's scientific. But you need to remember the people writing the scientific article, they've done the research. They also have a bias, whether that's conscious or unconscious. So how they write that article is up to them. They don't have a third party Mm -hmm. coming in and writing the article. So they've done that research for a reason. They kind of want an answer. They want want it to be a certain Exactly. So the way that they they write their, you know, abstracts and stuff, it makes you believe. And generally people will just go and read an abstract. They won't go and read a whole article. And they'll see this one one conclusion, one summary sentence. And it's not always 100% the truth. So it's it's one of those things that I think you have to feel confident enough that you've educated yourself enough to make your own opinions and your own truth. Because no matter what you read or who tells you something, it's never going to be 100% true because everyone's truth is different and everyone requires different things from nutrition, from training. You know, people have different health conditions. If someone has an underactive thyroid how they eat is going to be completely different to someone that's a bodybuilder that has, you know, is training six times a week. Definitely. Their requirements, their, you know, hormones are different. It, you know, they're different sizes, different shapes, different weights. It's it's one of those things that everyone, there's never one size that fits all, yeah. ever. And there's never one answer to... Ever, ever, problem. ever. And that's why you just, you need to educate yourself enough to be confident that you can trial and error things and find what works for you. Mm. Nice. So if say I was going to come to you and see you for a consult, because yeah. I think like one of the biggest issues with anything that everyone does, because like you said, they everyone feels that they're an expert in something they do every day. So even if it is training or movement or yeah. or you know social media or dietetics, everyone thinks they're an expert. So there's almost it's the trap is there's too much information and people yeah. don't know what to listen to. So they either go, you know gospel and go this is the only way to do it or they go head in the sand and go I don't want to know about it yeah what would you say to me if I came to you and said I just don't know who to listen to this is my answer would be you have to take the time to understand why someone's saying something and if they say something to you and you say but why and they can't answer that's a red flag for me yeah so everything that I say within a consult when I'm educating people in a group setting, if I don't know why I'm saying it, I won't say it mm. because I should be able to, people should be able to question me on everything that comes out of my mouth and I should be able to give them a valid answer in response because yeah. I'm the expert in that arena. Yeah. But the problem is who's like who defines what an expert is and this is the issue. Like mm. I, I think you have to trust who you're talking to to some degree but don't be afraid to ask questions well I think you have to yeah you have to ask questions and like that's what we say to our, all our interns if if you're programming something or you're doing something or if like the first day we go what, if one of our coaches is doing something and you ask them why they will be able to tell you why yeah. why they're doing it if they can't then they'd better take that out of the program until they figure out why because yeah. um, understanding like you know we're not here for 
training for entertainment or and you're not there to just entertain someone for an hour obviously you want to connect with them yeah but if someone's coming to you and giving you some of their resources then you want to make sure that you're helping them and helping them grow um what, what would you what would you say your philosophy is on start with food and then we'll go to like the holistic thing yeah um yours and obviously well to honest is just an extension of you right yeah my easiest, like my easiest description, the, my go-to, I said this to you the other day and I said it to a couple of the VGT guys um, last Wednesday, the easiest way to, we always have this car analogy in, in nutrition because it's really simple and it's a real visual thing as well. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard, if you don't put fuel in the car, it doesn't go. So, and obviously that fuel is food. Um, but the extension to that is that it's also about the quality of the fuel that you're putting in. So if you put a diesel into an unleaded car, it's not going to move either. Mm. You know, a car's always going to, what we, we're told by the petrol gods of the world, <laughs> is if you put the more expensive petrol, whether if unleaded petrol in your car, it's, it's a little bit more expensive. Yeah. But it should make your car last longer over its lifetime. You know, you shouldn't have to get the engine changed over as much. I'm not a mechanic. I don't really know the ins and outs of it, but that's the the basic concept. But even further to that, and that's all great, but even further to that, and I actually came up with it not that long ago. I was, I don't even know what I was doing. (laughs) But I was thinking about this whole idea of good and bad foods and healthy and unhealthy and all this stigma around people saying cheap meals and um, oh, I fell off the wagon because I ate junk food or, you know, there's all these words that get thrown around. Um, but I like to think of it as the bad foods or the extra foods, whatever you want to call them. And I just did the quotation marks again, cause I don't like saying that, but I think it's the easiest way for people to realize what I'm saying is that yes, cars need petrol and they need petrol or diesel quite regularly, but they also need other things. They need oil. If you don't have any oil in your car, it's not going to go either. Although you don't have to put oil in every week or every month and it's a less common thing you need to put in, it's still important nonetheless. So that oil is the extra foods, the foods we call sometimes foods. It's your ice cream, your donuts, your burgers. You treat yourself. You treat yourself foods. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag treat yourself. Um, So that's your oil. And then same, same goes with water. You know, you need water in your, in your car for, you know, your windscreen wipers and other functions. Once again, I'm not a mechanic. So there's other components that go into a car. It's not just your healthy or what people say are the healthy foods. So I think that's one thing to remember. And then the next thing to remember with health in general, um, so not just nutrition, is this idea of um, fancy versus the lemon. And so what I mean there is in one hand, you've got a Lamborghini, brand new, shiny, no dents, you know, hasn't done that many Ks. Everyone stops and stares and goes, oh, look at that. Like, that's a sick car. When you go down the street, like it stands out. It's, you know, you drive it and you feel pretty good about yourself. Then you've got the lemon, the car that's 25 years old, has dents and scratches all over it, chugs along, can't really get up the hill doesn't change gears very well you need to service it all the time because it just keeps breaking down and you have to end up putting all these extra money into it because it's just not working very well 
Now, if you had a Lamborghini and you had this lemon in your garage and you wanted to go out one day, which car are you more likely to look after or pick? Mm. Generally, the Lamborghini. I hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. And I feel like it's the same thing with your body. So if you're confident and you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to look in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I'm so sexy. Like no one does that. It's, you know, it's okay. Maybe Lockie does that. No, I definitely don't do that. No, but like no one really ever, no matter what they show on Instagram or no matter what photos they put, no one looks in the mirror and goes, I have the best rig ever. I look so hot right now. Like, you know, (laughs) my hair is on point. My makeup's on point. You know, my, I could not be any better. No one does that. No matter how good looking they are. It's human nature to pinpoint the flaws and go, here's how I want to improve. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you feel happy within yourself, if you feel confident in yourself, if you just feel good from the inside out and the outside in, you're more likely to look after yourself and you're more likely to defeat that feeling because we all want to feel good. Whereas if you, you know, feel crap about yourself because you've put probably food that you shouldn't be putting into your body too often, so you're actually affecting your insides, you're affecting your heart and health, you're affecting, you know, your gut health. If you're not feeling that confident about yourself because you don't like what you see in the mirror, you know, it's you're not likely to look after yourself. You're not likely to go out and make yourself feel special. You're more likely to sit there and kind of mope in your own pity party because that, once again, is human nature. You know, if you, you're having a pity party, you're like, oh, well, I may as well continue having a pity party. Yeah. So that's another philosophy. But my last one that I want to say, and Lockie hasn't heard this one, and I saw it the other day online, and I'm, it's, it, it's consolidated my belief in a simple way to put it because if I go talk about it, it'll take me forever. But basically it said... If you had 800, I don't think this is the exact number, but let's just go with it. If you had $840,000 in the bank and someone stole $10 from you, would you then go and throw $839,990 in the bin? Probably not. Hmm, probably not. Like if you did that, like throw it in my bin because I'm happy to have that money. <laughs> it's the same. So we have approximately, I don't actually know what the number is, 840000 Seconds in the day. Not that many, mate. Whatever it is. I don't know. What is 84,000? Something 84. Anyway, just roll with me here. (laughs) You spend, you know, you have something bad, quotation marks, to eat that you feel guilty about in that 10 seconds of your day. 86,400. I knew it was something 80. 86,400. There you go. My apologies. So if you have something that you shouldn't, quotation marks, eat at one point of your day, why do you then go and say, oh, I've eaten something bad, I may as well just ride yeah. the rest of the day off? Yeah. Or you just, people just write weekends off. Yeah, the whole weekend. Oh, I'll start on Monday and it's a Tuesday. It's like... <laughs> I use a like iPhone screen analogy. If you've got a little crack in your screen, you don't just go, oh, it's broken now. Whack. Yeah. You start hitting it on stuff. Yeah, um, same thing. Yeah, because, you know, it, we are creatures of habit. Mm. Um... I wrote a little article last week about habit, and I'm going to try and remember a quote from the top of my head, but I might be wrong. It's that's right. I was wrong with mine as well. Don't worry. <laughs> it's um, our ha- or our, I'm going to paraphrase. Our habits determine the way we live our life. If we don't own our habits, our habits own us. And I think if you do one thing that isn't necessarily going to help you move towards your goals, then you better sh- better help better hope that the next thing you do 
is going to help you move forward towards your goals. Otherwise, it's just like smashing your iPhone screen or yeah. you know throwing that money in the bin. Yeah. Um, and I like like to think that every little action or in or lack of action that we take yeah. throughout the day is either building or taking away from our momentum. Our momentum being us moving towards where we want to go to. Yeah. Um, and for me, staying still is taking away momentum. So yeah. we need to make sure that all the little things we're doing, training, water, um, food, sleep, recovery, all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff is actually helping us gain momentum. Yeah. And it all comes down to choice. Like, it's as simple as that. Yeah. You have a choice. Like, it's so easy to blame other people and say, you know, God, the amount of times I've heard, oh, you know, I went and saw a dietitian and I haven't reached where I want to be. You know, they like they were bad or the a PT that they haven't, you know, I, I went and saw a PT, but oh, it wasn't worth my money because it didn't, what, the goal I wanted to get to didn't happen. It's like, no, In you had a choice hours, yeah. as to whether you wanted to reach that goal really or not. And the actions that you took didn't get you there. Like there's only so much someone can do. I'm only there, you know, we're not there to hold your hand the whole way through life. You have to make an active choice every single day to move towards where you want to be. And if you choose not to make that choice, yeah, then it's not on anyone else but you, as harsh as that sounds. Yeah, well, we're like <clears throat> us as coaches and dietitians and practitioners, we're there to facilitate the change. We're not yeah. there to actually do the work for you. Yeah. Like we can help you, you know, get to the top of the hill and, and to roll your ball down, but at the end of the day, you've got to get that ball rolling. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the, the people that that do succeed and the people that do achieve the things they want to achieve are the people that understand that they're in control mm-hmm. um, and don't have that know, blame or um, or excuse that I'm not in control or it's yeah. someone else's someone else's responsibility because you know if if I need if work needs to be done at Virtus I need to do it yeah. or I need to help empower someone else to do it yeah. um, if you know cleaning needs to be done at home and KP's told me 15 times to do it, I need to do it. Yeah. So I think it's really easy for people to start blaming other people. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to achieve what you want to achieve, get out of your pity party and mm. do something. Mm. Um, no, definitely. I think as well, like, if you want something to be done, do it yourself because then you know it will get done. So yeah. I think as well, like, people are always, they seem to wait for other people to make the move or to do something or to tell them they need to do something before they take that initiative. So I think, you know, to some degree, you just have to take responsibility, responsibility for your work, responsibility for your actions, responsibility for what comes out of your mouth. Mm. And it's, yeah, it all comes down to wanting to do that though. If you don't want it, you don't have that desire. It's never going to happen. It's simple shit though. But why did, why do you think so much or so much of society and so many of us struggle with actually taking action? Because we've grown up in a, our generation in particular, and I can't speak to our father generations, but I, I believe that our generation in particular have had it really easy. You know, it's always quick fixes and there's always a new technology that can make something easy for us. Like, you know, a prime example, like, is something like a RoboVac. <laughs> yeah. It's like kids don't know how to vacuum a floor nowadays because they've got a RoboVac to do it. You know? Yeah. Kids don't know how to get so sick these days. Like, the... The rate of illness in young children is higher than ever, and the reason, and the rate of the flu, and is the reason is because they aren't outside eating dirt like we all used to. 
full so batteries. Exactly. They're not, there's, everyone's really precious. And I feel like everyone, there's just this bubble with society, with technologies and ideas, and everyone's looking for the easy way out. No one's really willing to do the hard work. Like you look yeah. generations ago that people living on farms and our grandparents, and I know probably like my grandparents, they always remind you back in my day, <laughs> I didn't have this, I didn't have yeah. that. But it's so true. Like we have it so easy. Mm. And so people are lazy and they haven't had to work hard for something. They haven't had to, you know, really go through a struggle to get where they are, like in first world countries. So I think yeah. it's just realizing that we have had it easy and going, saying to yourself, like I've said it to myself heaps of times, like I've got to take an easy way out. I have a really supportive family. Yeah. Like my parents would do anything for me. They, you know, yeah. me and my sister are the, the highlight of their world. So I think, but I've decided that, no, I want to make my own thing. I want to, I want to be someone myself. What, what do you think? Um, like, cause obviously some people who have a really supportive family yeah. will go down the, um, everyone's here to serve me route. Yeah. Yep. Whereas other people who have a really supportive family will go down there. I've got to earn, I got to earn everything I have. Yep. Root. Why do you think there's a disparity between the two? Uh, experience. Yeah. I think it's really funny. Like I, I, a lot of people say, um, you know, how can two two sisters or two brothers or siblings be so different when they've had the same upbringing? Yeah. And I think it's just simply is because you have different experiences. How I look at things and. I'll say, take me and my sister, for example, we're polar opposites. We sound exactly the same, yeah. but polar opposites, you know, she's probably the one of the most, one of the most intelligent people I know. Like she's killing it. She's a dentist. She like, she's just like intelligent, as simple as you can get. Like yeah. it's intel. like, I wish, I wish I was that intelligent. And you know, she, it probably didn't come easy to her. Like she worked bloody hard for it. But we're just completely different. Like mm. my interests and I'm always seen as the sister, the sporty sister. And yeah. to some degree, I would never live up to the expectations of some, like some of my family that, you know, she, following the footsteps of a doctor, it's a bit hard. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we, we had different experiences in life. My friendship groups at high school were completely different to my mm. sister's friendship groups. So yeah. my social experiences were different. We had the same parents. Mm. We ate the same dinners most nights. You know, we had the same household. We got taught the same values. But my experiences in my social life and in my education life, completely different. And your perception of the same dinner, of the same conversation with your parents. Everyone is different. And then that's completely okay. And it comes down to choice again. I choose to live my life one way. You know, my parents choose to live their lives one way. My sister chooses to live her life on. No one is, that's not a right or wrong answer. It's just a just choice. You, yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you think your resilience has come from? The ability to understand that, well, it needs to be shit to be good and you need to enjoy the suffering and pain and hard stuff as well. Personal experience. Give me what kind of personal experiences? Um, lots of different stuff. Uh, watching my older family members go through things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Losing people. I think I've taught, was taught very quickly that life can be taken away really quickly. Yeah. Um, so in our family, we've had three male generations in tragic accidents. So 
and like beautiful men that don't deserve to die. Mm. But it's one of those things that it's like now I look at life and I go, I could go tomorrow. I could go in half an hour. <laughs> like you, you, and it's morbid to say, mm. but like it's and it's okay. Like it doesn't upset me. Like yeah. it. it it almost empowers me because well, it's like... We should, right? We can look yeah. at that two different ways. We can look yeah. at that like, oh, shit, I'm going to go sit in the corner and wrap myself in cotton wool and not do anything or I'm going to make the most of the next 29 minutes and 48 seconds. Exactly. Please don't do that, though. No. Hang around. Touch wood. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah. But, like, it's it's just one of those things that, you know, we could be gone tomorrow. So you've just got to... And it's so corny and cliche, but it's like you've just got to make time and you've got to make the moments last and the memories and everything the experience that you live like you can only blame yourself if you have a bad life or a good life like yes there's things that you can't control like don't get me wrong people are in situations that i would never wish upon anyone but you make the best of what you've got and i think it's as simple as that you know i'm a quote guy right yeah what are you trying to look for he's scrolling through his phone right now by the way it's just like it's one of those quotes that everyone's heard yeah but it's just have you but had people thought about it but yeah yeah it's everyone listens but doesn't actually yeah hear it um but it's give us the grace to accept with serenity the things we can that cannot be changed courage to change the things which should be changed and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other and like spot on it's just it's such a like there's three parts of that right yeah there's one understand there's a heap of shit's gonna happen and the world is the way it is in a lot of different ways and you can't do anything about that. Um, this is the this is the fish tank that you're, that you're in. Mm. And then there's the second part, which is a bunch of stuff in the fish tank you can actually impact. You can, you can change these things to improve or... What's the opposite to improve? I only know one way. <laughs> improve or... Regress. Yes, there we go. Progress or regress, regress your life, right? Yeah. Um, and then if you sit there all day and try and bang your head against the wall, in this in this analogy, I'm a fish. Yeah, like, I kind of got my, that in, with the fish in my tank. head. Yeah, um, generally fish live in a fish, fish tank. Yeah, yeah but you could be clean the fish tank anyway. But I wouldn't be in the fish tank if I was cleaning it. I'd be on the outside. Yes, yeah, so you'd be. You could be like okay. a big fish tank. Could be an aquarium. In the aquarium, you could be sitting there like banging. You swimming with sharks. But well, that could be cool. Yeah. Um, there you go. Do cool shit. Um, you could be <laughs> Don't sit- get eaten while you do it, though. You could be sitting like on the edge of the fish tank, just banging your head against the wall, trying to think, I can change stuff. I have the power. I can, you know, my life is up to me. But then you just sit there banging your head against the wall the whole day. Yeah. Um, and it, like, when you really think about that, you can kind of... We use the term helicopter over your life and look at everything at, at once and then determine here are things that I can change, here are things I can't. Yeah. And be okay with things you can't, but like fight like hell to change the things that you want to change. Yeah. Because um, I think everything's got, everything's got like a natural course. A natural course. Um, and to push some things off course is difficult. Yeah. Um, you need to have deep, proper conversations. You need to think about things. You need to act upon those thoughts. And I don't think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Um, what talk to me about your your sport growing up because oh. you're obviously the sporty sister the sporty sister um how oh, would I start okay so I've done dancing since I was going on 21 years now awesome so when I was three pretty much when I started walking I could dance um well I started dancing anyway I was like the fat chubby <laughs> Mid- midget kid I was so so short um 
and I was always the one like you look back at videos of me dancing when I was like three or four and I'm always like the one on the end not doing what she should be doing or like bossing people around to get behind the, the curtain um so I did dancing I took up gymnastics as well which kind of went hand in hand with the dancing competed in gymnastics um through my primary years then also did t-ball growing up so softball was my sister's sport she was really good at it yeah um so she played rep softball so i kind of followed in her footsteps there and did t-ball as a little tacker and then went into softball when i got older i think it was like under 12s or something you go up to softball um so i played that until maybe year nine yeah eight, year nine um and then but in year six my PE teacher at school started um, me in cricket and AFL. Awesome. Um, and dad always played cricket, so I was always around it and understood it quite well, and I always wanted to be like my dad. Um, and so I became a wicketkeeper and then ended up playing in the state champs for awesome. four years in a row, um, the Out East Eagles at the Victorian States, um, and played as a wicketkeeper and a first-drop batsman. Um, and then once I hit high school, I continued cricket, um, but at high school, I was, I went to an all girls school, Catholic all girls school. <coughs> and I thought it was the most boring. I never wanted to go there because my sister went there. So it was kind of just like, well, Michaela will go there as well. Yeah. But I was like the tomboy in primary school. Like, I never sat down. I was never a girly girl. All my friends were boys. Like I played footy at lunchtime, run at lunchtime. Like, I literally never sat down and just yeah. chatted. So going to an old girls school that didn't have an oval, like an oval yeah, or really anything else, like. It was really hard. Mm. So then I just dived straight into sports. So I became one of the house captains and ended up doing 15 school, different school sports. So it was, here we go, see if I can remember the wall. I did aerobics and I went to nationals for that. So we went to Sydney and Queensland with the school aerobics. Awesome. Um, and I captained that team three years in a row of high school. I did gymnastics for the school, which I'd already done obviously previously. Um, I did volleyball, which I capped in year 11 and 12. I did cricket, which I capped in year 10, 11 and 12. I did softball. I did footy. I did swimming, athletics. I was javelin. I went to state champs for javelin. Um, I did, and I'm going to have a brain blank now. What have I said? He's writing them down. Dancing, cricket, AFL, aerobics, gymnastics, volleyball, softball, diving, athletics, diving, diving. Um, one, two. It was eleven all in one year. One, That's two. Ten. What else you got? What other sports are there? I didn't do hockey. That was one I didn't do. My mum was really upset because she played state hockey <laughs> when she was younger. Didn't do hockey. Didn't do soccer. But I did all the others. Rugby, maybe. No, rugby wasn't one. Uh, tennis. No, I was so bad. I'm so bad at tennis. Curling? I have no, like, perception of the tennis court. Really? Tennis and soccer I can't do. And I'm not a very good <laughs> swimmer, so I don't know why I competed in swimming. I always did relay in swimming, though. Um, I can't remember, but so it'll come did a to bunch. me. did a bunch. So then I played those all during school, and then outside of school I played AFL. Yeah. Um, and the youth girls team down in my local club, St. Simon's, in Royville. Um, never got to do rugby in high school though because unfortunately in Victoria um, there was no youth girls that you could have to be 18 to play rugby yeah. um, so I was always down at Box Hill Rugby Club because dad played rugby um, and he was the president of the Australian Junior Rugby Union um, so I was always around there and you rugby like the back of my hand I used to run the the first grade on with my water bottles and they got my own um, 
size seven kids That's jersey awesome. made for me so I could run on with my own jersey. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I was always down to run rugby and that's kind of where that passion came from. But AFL was kind of an interim thing yeah. during school. And then once I finished school, got into rugby union. Because um, dad was like to me, you know, they want to get the women's team back up and running at Box Hill. I'll coach if you play. Oh. So we became the, the father-daughter Unstoppable duo. One two punch. Good. Yep. <laughs> um, and then outside of high school as well, I started doing PT and I did my exercise sports science. And within that, I started doing kickboxing. So I was doing kickboxing for fitness on on the off season. So you can throw a spear, you can tackle can hard, and you can kick people in the head. Yeah. All right. Don't get into a fight with Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna cool. really bug me of what um. It's alright. I'll put it in the notes later. Yeah. Look, look through the notes. There may be a list of ex- of um, sports there. So, how's kind of rugby? Oh, netball, 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 netball. Oh, there yeah, you go. Come on. And I played netball outside of school. I don't know how I forgot that. Mate. I played netball up until last year. So netball and rugby. Yeah. That's a weird, that's an interesting. Dancing mix. and rugby is my two, my main combo. But yeah, netball. Do do either of the two slide across to the other one occasionally? Yeah. Dance when you score a try or. No, not so much that, but I tend to be not come off as sore as everyone else because I've got good mobility. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, because when you get tackled in rugby and go to ground, your legs and stuff can be in weird positions. Yeah. And, like, I'm pretty sure I would have completely torn my groin if I <laughs> didn't have my dancing background yeah. multiple times. Um, and then, obviously... I've become quite powerful through my rugby training, which has helped when I've done like dancing. I'm the That's lifter. Cool. I'm, the, I'm known as the lifter in dances. So when I went, I went to um, America at the start of the year to compete in worlds and we had a couple of lifts in the dance and pretty much shoulder pressed a 60 kilo go up on my head for yes. a working section. And everyone's like, yeah, that's Michaela. <laughs> good. Very good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're strong. Oh, some, no, how, it's how, relative. It's relative. How's um, like rugby progressed over the last couple of years since you guys started? So technically my 10? first season was actually 2017. So last year, yeah. because it started in 2016, but I actually ditched out and went overseas for four months with Jess, Jess Ryan that works here. Shout out my girl. Um, yeah. So dad was kind of angry at Jess for that. Because we went and travelled the world yeah. instead of playing rugby. So I came back and I played a game. So then last year was my full first full season and I got picked and played with the Victorian state team. Awesome. Um, so we went up to Gold Coast to play that. And then from there I went into sevens um, for Pacific Mix. I'm the mix part of the Pacific team. <laughs> um, if you see me, you'll understand that little bit of a gag. Um and then we competed at the Frankston International Sevens and we came second in that. Cool. Um, and then from there, I was going to have a break because I actually tore my PTFL in my left ankle. And um, that's when about three weeks after that competition, it was October last year, we got a call up from the Melbourne Rebels um, and had a bit of a meeting about the Super W starting, which is the equivalent of AFLW in the rugby world, for those that don't know. Um, and that it was going to be happening this year in the inaugural year. So it was a bit rushed, but we started pre-season training for that in November and I pretty much haven't stopped since. So from there, we had a week off over Christmas and New Year and then we were in the gym twice a week, on the field three times a week. Um, three times? Two times. Two times a week, sorry. Um, and 
the team was finalised at the Brisbane 10s, or just before the Brisbane 10s, which were in February this yep. year. So 10s is like a um, an exciting mix between 7s and 15s, and they just do it as a weekend thing. And it, it was the first year they'd done the women's. They'd always done the men's. So that was when New Zealand teams came over, like international teams came over to Australia and the Australian teams for the men's. And then it was the women's was just with an Australian competition, but it yep. was still in Brisbane. So we flew up to Brisbane and played there. Um, and then from there, about a month, not even a month later, the Super W started. So cool. we had um, five teams in the inaugural year, um, Queensland Reds, New South Wales Waratahs, uh, Brumbies, Western Force, and us, the Melbourne Rebels. Um, so that was a week-in, week-out, home-and-away competition. Um, and then from that finishing, we went back to club rugby. So um, back playing at Box Hill and Harlequins, which is a mixed team between the two men's clubs. Um, and from there, I actually got a call-up um, from – well, I got contacted by Dwayne Nesta, who's the Wallaroos coach – um, with the girls being away at the moment um, and I was put into the um, Futures program which basically is a program run where each state um, has their Wallaroos participants um, that train weekly um, and a small select few players get to train with them yep. for the next year's selection to be up for selection the yeah, next year so um, yeah the current Wallaroos girls Alice shout out and George Cormick, shout out, our two Victorian girls over in Queen, uh, New Zealand at the moment, about to play the second Bledisloe Cup match. Um, they, yeah, they were our Vic representatives and I was lucky enough to be able to train with them, um, which was awesome under the guidance of Alana Thomas, our Vic coach, shout out, she's going to love it. Um, so yeah, that was a really good experience and hopefully you can continue doing that um, yeah. going into the next W season. Um, yeah, that's pretty much rugby. You had a busy year. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't have it any other way. Good. Yeah. High capacity human. Yeah. It's been my, I think, the dance. It's been from dancing. Yeah. They say dance is a really organised, and it's because you have good timing, good time management. Yeah, maybe. And I just make myself busy because I get bored. I'm, I'm a very hyperactive human. You don't fit in well. So I just, like, I don't, I don't like sitting still. And yeah. it annoys the crap out of my family, but, Yeah. How are you going to sit still for an hour? You doing okay? Yeah, but this is like, I'm still being able to like, if you could see me right now, if we were videoing this, poor Lockie's like, if he was any closer, he'd get punched in the face because I'm very <laughs> animated with my hands. I'm just worried about the feet with that kickboxing. Yeah, watch out. Where do you want it's it? So up. where do you want your rugby to go? Where do you want your... I got asked this question the other day. So the Rugby World Cup's in 2021. Ooh. So obviously that would be like the, the biggest goal ever. But then... It's one of those things that it's hard being female. I know this is going to sound really like, oh, I'm a female. Um, but like in, I was thinking about it in freeze time. I'm 27, turning 28. Mm. I want a family. I feel like priorities do change. Sure. Um, it'll depend. Like, I don't even know if I'll be in Melbourne and, th you know, anything can happen. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm working towards being just a better rugby player yeah. and what comes, comes. That's cool. I'm not going to get fixated on... You know, this it's not my main priority and my main goal. So I think if it happens, it happens. It's one of those things that I like. I'd love. I'd push myself and I train hard and everything. And I've if you'd see me play my first game of rugby to what I am now, it's a completely different person, and I'm proud of that. Um, but I think it's one of those things that I'm just loving playing the sport. And if that's all it will ever be for me, then 
so be it. Like, that's fine. Super cool. One of the, like, little things I've been diving into a little bit lately is, like, detachment. Yeah. So, like, understand that that might be where you're headed and that's what you're working towards, but then you completely detach from that actual result and you just focus on the process. It's like, if you're you're running a marathon, um, yes, you want to finish. We know that, right? Mm. But you've got to detach from that and run each step at a time Mm. and each 500 metres and each kilometre at a time. Otherwise, you're probably not going to get to that result. Yeah. I think that's really important for anyone with those big, hairy goals that you need to focus on your, like, micro to go macro. Yeah. Um, So for, like, business example for us to grow into something that I know it can be, we need to focus on making sure that every session that we took this morning was done really well and every conversation we have is adding value. Um, And every time we sit down for a podcast that we're actually talking about things that are meaningful and that we know can add value to people's lives rather than just going, oh, yeah, let's just do a podcast because, well, we're trying to get here. Yeah. Do you know what's really funny? I'd, like... I say to myself all the time that I'm not a end goal kind of person. Yeah. What do you mean by because, that? Because I feel like it probably sounds really bad saying it like that. It's no, probably not the right absolutely. wording. But I feel like um, when people get fixated on the end goal, yeah. once they get there, they're a bit disappointed. Yeah. yeah. So I think the most exciting part of goal setting is the, pro- like the process. getting there yeah. and the journey. And I think <laughs> my my philosophy on health as well, my overall one, which um, I spoke about last week in our video, was that it is the journey and it's not about the destination. 100%. And I think it's really easy to get fixated on that goal. So sometimes, yeah, the whole thing about detaching, 100%, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't think I'm an end goal kind of person. I'm a rolling goal kind of person because once I get to that one, I want more. But it's like if you get fixated on that end goal, if you get there when I get and then, here, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, you're not. Like sorry. You life won't be any happy like yeah, it's it Yeah. It'll be an achievement and life, great. Life doesn't change when you hit yeah. that target. Yeah. You just haven't you might have an experience or you might have a sense of accomplishment, but yeah. that is what's next. I love the like the um just climbing mountain analogy. Yeah. Like to get to a goal, like your current goal might be to climb the top like top of a mountain. Yeah. To get there you need to take lots of little steps to get yeah. there, but also you're going to enjoy the walk along the way and you're going to enjoy the views and there's going to be times where you've got to climb over rocks and walk up the hills and down the hill to get there when you get to the top you realise there's another mountain that's bigger over in the next valley that's bigger and you're like I want to get to that and then to get there you've got to climb back down you've got to go across the valley so like life's just peaks and and troughs and and I think enjoying the valleys in between is really really important because if we can't enjoy the valley in between then you know so much of your life is just waiting or expecting living in the future living in the, the future present, yeah um, you just got to be, be and, you are now. yeah and i think that's a, a great example of term, of like chiming into the nutrition and, mm. and and just health in general because so many people get fixated on the numbers yeah and the numbers become everything i've got to like, lose five kilos let's Why? be honest guys who the hell like like I'm I'm good at maths like maths was always my forte. Yes, I heard you but trying no to figure out really, numbers before with no one, seconds. No, but no, <laughs> no one ever like goes and preaches that they love maths. Like, so why get fixated on the numbers? Yeah. <laughs> really, like, and this is the problem: people get fixated on those numbers, and it's one thing we commonly see in dietetics is I want to lose this many kilos, I want to yeah. be this on the scales. Trust me in saying, 
and it has come from experience and I, I know my mum has said it to me before and people have always said it and I've heard it by so many people that, you know, numbers don't define you and it's really easy to say but until you experience it, you don't always believe but trust in me, I have been at every spectrum that you could think. I have been severely underweight before and been obsessed with running and I had gone through a real struggle with my high school friendship group and I felt I was alone. I had all these great people around me, but I felt like I was alone by myself and the only way I could get out of my own head was running and I, and I became obsessed with it. And it wasn't that I wasn't eating because I was eating more than my dad, but it was just, I became obsessed and fixated that if I was skinnier, if I was lighter on the scales, people would like me more. I got, I got to a point where I had ripper abs, so skinny, like nothing of me, but I was more miserable than I was when I've yeah. been at my heaviest, at my lowest amount of muscle mass. What like, was it like? What? Being, getting to that point or like, cause obviously it wasn't just, you woke up one day and you're like that, but yeah. like, like having that process where you're like, I need to do this, I need to do this. And then kind of getting to a point, was there a realization that I'm no happier or I'm even yeah, it was actually a comment made by a family member. Yeah. Um, it was Christmas time, and one of my family members said, Michaela, get out of the photo. And I was like, why? And the family member said, I don't want to put that f- a photo of our family on Facebook with you in it because you're just disgustingly skinny. Wow. Yeah. What was I like to hear that? That was like, like, sh- obviously shit. Yeah. Um, but it was like, I am. Like, shit. Like, yeah. the, the thing is, people also walk around on eggshells with people that are vulnerable. Yeah. And sometimes all you need is just someone to be brutally honest. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that because I was like, oh, my God, like, I am. Like, I'm a skin and bone. I'm not happy. I don't feel more confident. I feel worse about myself. Yeah. Like, I was starting to wear baggy clothes because I was embarrassed. And I think it was... But to be honest, like, it's been such a blessing to learn because now I feel like I can relate with people. So my experience, particularly around dietetics, because, you know, eating disorders are massive. And and I think it's really an important thing to highlight that the majority of people with eating disorders are actually overweight. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this common stigma that, you know, eating disorders... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not the case. So it, it, it highlights that you can't be too... You need to be sensitive to people as well and I think having this personal experience although it was crap at the time and it was probably the worst thing for my body because my hair was falling out like my jawline was dropped I had like wrinkles on my face because I just lost all and I've got pretty chubby like I've always had chubby cheeks when I smile like I've always joked about gumball cheeks in my family (laughs) me me and my sister and you know I all of these you know it had gut issues like I started eating again like eating foods that I had been avoiding like I'm the biggest chocolate fiend ever, and I'd given up chocolate. Treat yourself. And my skin broke out. When I brought it back, I had really bad gas. Like, all of these things that shouldn't have ever happened, and they happened because I got into my own head and got fixated on this number on the scales. So I think having that personal experience makes me connect a little bit better with people. Yeah. One of my mentors said once it was, um, you can't give what you haven't got and you can't share what you haven't experienced. Yeah. And like, you're never going to be in your client's shoes. Yeah. Um, but like you were talking about before, you are the sum of all your experiences. Yeah. So, you know, if that experience helps you add a couple more tools in your toolbox to be able to help someone work through what they're going through, then 
it is. It's good. Like yeah. it's, and, and it's also being willing to learn from other people. So listening to someone else's experiences and yeah. realizing that you can learn from that as well. Like yeah. no one's the expert in everything. So yeah, I think it was, and that's one of the things like that, that whole experience in my life, although it, you can, I could look at it and be like, um, I, like I went through a stage, I was, you know, at my worst, I was, and had a pity party, Yeah. but I've used it and I've gone, you know what, I'm going to learn from it. And yeah. I'm never going to be back at that point because I'm not, I don't want to ever feel like that again. And that was basically because I was fixated on the numbers. Mm. What you, you like use the term in my own head. Yeah. Um, and obviously being fixated in the num- on the numbers was kind of your mindset going yeah. into that realization. Yeah. What changed with the way you were thinking? Um, funnily enough, that comment, as harsh as it was, um, if you knew the person it came from, it, yeah. it wouldn't be as shocking because um, we've got big personalities in my family and yeah. some people say Was it said that, to give you a kick up the ass, or was it said... Like, what was the intention of that comment? Um, probably get a kick up the ass, but at, at the same time, the person that said it, that's their way of showing that they care and they're yeah. worried. Yeah, cool. So it's probably a brutal way. I don't know. I'm, I guess I don't think the person would have said it to me if they didn't think I could take it yeah. and yeah. didn't know my personality. So even though I was in a vulnerable spot and a sensitive spot, I was still me. Yeah. But um, I think it, it showed me I was like, oh no, like I'm not just affecting myself here. Like Mm. this isn't about me as much as I want it to be. And as much as I thought it was, and I was in my own head, as I, as I said, it, it didn't just affect me Mm. like you could. And and when I took a step back and looked at it and I've gone, you know, these people are worried. Why am I giving my family worry that shouldn't be there? Like there's bigger things to worry about in their lives and they're, they're worried because it's me. Mm. And so I was like, no, this isn't good enough. Like Michaela, you're killing, you're killing your health. You've always been a healthy fit, you know, you've always trained and stuff. Yeah. You've always always eaten well. Like, I've always enjoyed food and probably bad food, as my mum would say. I always was a kid with a sweet that. tooth. <laughs> but I've always been healthy. Yeah. And, you know, my parents have worked hard to bring us up knowing what healthy is. So, yeah, I finally realized really quickly that your actions don't just affect you. They affect other people. So that kicked me up the ass. And, yeah, I, I was like... It's not worth it. And I was so much happier when I went and just went back to being who I always was. So, yeah, everything can seem greener on the other side, but it's not always the case. Grass is greener where you water it, right? Yeah, exactly. So water yourself (laughs) daily in a shower. No one likes unhygienic people. (laughs) And hydrate. And hydrate. Yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? Hydration (laughs) is key, guys. (laughs) Good. Um, Talk to me about your travel. Mm. I love travel. I'm so not a homebody. I'm definitely a wanderer. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough to share my travel with one of my best gal pals, um, who you all pretty should know quite well because she's always around the Virtus fam. She is. And if you're not part of the Virtus fam, well, you're all part of the Virtus fam, but if you're not in here regularly, hers is podcast number. I can't remember. Just search Jess Ryan. Carry on. Legend. She's a legend, guys. Let's not pump her up too much. No, I can pump her up. She's my girl. (laughs) Um, So I've been lucky enough in my upbringing to travel quite a bit. Um, So my dad is a project director. So he did a lot of travel when we were younger for his work, particularly around Asia. And um, so me and my sister were quite spoiled growing up, going away. 
um, to a lot of the Asian countries when I was around eight or nine. Um, so we did like Hong Kong, Malaysia, Thailand, Singapore, Indonesia. Um, and then on top of that, my dad's from England, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, and so a lot of his family is still over in the UK. Um, so we've been back there a couple of times. He spent Christmas there, which was amazing. Um, so it's always hard being away from extended family. Um, I've got some younger cousins there and older cousins. And so that was, we're lucky in that sense. Um, and then my mum is of French background. Um, so she wanted to show us around Europe. Um, so we got to go to Dude. Europe when we were younger. That's yeah, we did a big, we did a big trip when I was about to go into year seven and we went to America and Europe and the UK as well. Not bad. Yeah. So I'm definitely very lucky. Um, and then a couple of years ago we did a trip for Christmas to England, but we also tapped on Egypt to there. What was that like? Um, I got malaria. Did ya? Yeah. <laughs> so look. malaria. That wasn't on your resume. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, that's cool don't worry it's not contagious no, guys <laughs> having malaria is cool yeah it's, it's the coolest size, I was so sick yeah. it didn't hit me until I was like back to Melbourne for a good sorry, month sorry I mean I mean having had and being okay is cool yeah being able to say I had malaria once yeah but, but you know I hadn't the malaria injection yeah but I'm, I've been allergic to mosquitoes my whole life and so I get bitten all the time but not all strands are covered yeah. so we don't know whether it was from Egypt really? or okay. Thailand yeah because there was like a mosquito outbreak in Thailand. So maybe it was from Thailand, but we'll just blame Egypt because I'm really sorry if there's any Egyptian followers, but I don't think I'd ever go back. Oh, no. And I don't know. It was in the time of the riots in 2004, yeah. 13, 2012, yeah. in 2012. So it was probably a pretty hectic time to be yeah, there. I just felt... So my we went... It was my dad, my mum, my sister, my sister's fiancé, and I was kind of the fifth wheel, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I just felt really uncomfortable. Like, I think being blonde and, yeah. you know, like, I, we were all respectful. We always wore long clothes and everything like that, even though it was quite warm. But, like, some of the men would, like, grope me and grab me. And it was just – I just didn't feel comfortable at all. Like, I didn't feel comfortable yeah. being outside by myself. And I'm a, I'm a pretty confident person. Um you know, I've been in the worst hostels in Europe and yeah. felt more comfortable. I've been in the Tenderloin Strip in San Francisco, which is so well known to like for like people that are higher on drugs and everything. Yeah. But I just felt really uncomfortable. So I'm glad I went and saw the whole historic side of things, mm. but I don't think I'd go back. Okay. But it's personal experience. I know people that have loved Egypt, <laughs> so it's I like just... how you like treaded lightly and then went whack and then treaded lightly again. Good. Yeah, but like yeah. everyone has different experiences. Yeah, it depends where you go and where you stay, but. Yeah, then I went to um, overseas with Jess in 2016, two years ago now, and we did a month in America and then two months in Europe, and that was sick. Why do you enjoy travel so much? The experience, yeah, memories. Just experience. What's yeah. been? Could you pinpoint one or two or three experiences over those all those trips that you like stick with you? Even smaller than that, not like not necessarily just an experience, like a moment. Um, one thing I always remember is in 2016, and it wasn't just yeah, it's not an experience. It's not something that you go and do, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah I went to Disneyland because I've done yeah. that, and they're great. But it's the memories. So and I like the word moment instead of experience. Yeah, it was a memory that I'll always keep, and it was with Jess, and it was hashtag CB, hashtag character building. <laughs> Because if you know Jess or if you know me, you'll know that 
we do things that not normal people do and unusual things always seem to happen to us too. And it got to a point where we literally were in moments of we can either laugh here or we're going to cry. Yeah. Um, so whether that be – one fond memory was we are in Florida and it was pouring down with rain but really, really hot. We'd just been into the Disney World all day. And we went to Whole Foods, which is like one of their big markets because we needed – a chart to you know sorry we needed wi-fi to then call an uber to get back to where we needed to be yeah so we got there and we couldn't get on the wi-fi so we had to spend a certain amount of money to get the wi-fi code so we went and spent a certain amount of money which we didn't need to but came back to get the wi-fi code then just his phone died <laughs> and we only had that phone with us yeah so then we had to wait and find someone with a charger to charge her phone to jump on the wi-fi to then get an uber but her phone wasn't charging and no, and she needed to download the Uber app. That's why we needed the Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's right. Her phone charged. We had the Wi-Fi password, but it was taking so long to download the Uber app because we hadn't really needed to get Ubers to that point. And it was like, it'd been like half an hour and it had loaded like 5%. And we're like, stuff it. You know what? Stuff it. We waited here for an hour. We're going to walk. We went to the bus stop. Yeah. Thinking that we like our hotel was like a decent amount away. Like this is quite, we only just got to Florida. We didn't have a working phone to maps where we needed to get to. We just had the hotel name. So we walked to the bus stop. It would have been, we had these brown paper bags, these groceries we bought because we (laughs) had to buy them to get the Wi-Fi code. So So we're walking towards the the bus stop, pelting down with rain and we're wearing thongs. I was like, stuff this. These thongs are getting stuck in the puddles and I can't walk properly. So I took my thongs off. So we're now walking down the street barefoot (laughs) with these bags, walking to the bus stop. We get to the bus stop. We sit there for 10 minutes. We're like, why isn't the bus coming? It says it's supposed to be coming. So we asked the guy on the bus and we're like, we need to go this direction. Is this the bus? And in in the meanwhile, on the other side of the road, four or five buses have gone past in this time. And the guy's like, oh, nah, you need to go in that direction. Like you need to go to this bus stop. And we didn't click that Americans drive on the other side of the road. So we're thinking we need to go this way and we're standing on the wrong side where we need to go. (laughs) And so we're like, oh, Hurry up. So we had to go around the corner to this other bus stop. And then we're like, okay, we'll check the bus times. And then the next bus for this bus stop, of course, wasn't for like 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm done. So we're like, nah, let's do it. We'll just walk as far as we can. And we'll walk. Hopefully by the time we get to the next bus stop, the bus will come. Because there's not really any shelter. And we're just like, we can't sit. I'm going to get cold if I'm sitting yeah, here. There's a walk. So this kept, kept, kept walking. But of course, we're holding brown paper bags with the groceries in it. What just happens with brown paper bags when it rains? Good. They rip. <laughs> so now we're now walking with groceries, with ripped bags, and trying to get back to our hotel. Anyway, the bus didn't come past. We ended up walking all the way back to our hotel, which in hindsight wasn't actually that far, like maybe one and a half k's. And we probably should have just walked. I was hoping you'd say it was like across the road. You'd no. say like six different buses. No, no, no. Okay. It was about, it would have been about a k and a half. And we walked the whole way back because we were like, you know what? Yeah. We should have just done this from the beginning with, but we didn't realize how close we really were. Yeah. Because we hadn't got our bearings yet. Anyway, we get back to the hotel. We're pretty much half crying, half laughing because we'd been out of Disney World all day on our feet. Like we were exhausted. Mm. We had no shoes on, wet grocery bags, backpacks on. We were just done. So we hike up four flights of stairs to get to our room. And Jess goes into her bag. She puts her grocery down, goes into her bag. um, And she's like, oh, Mick, do you have the key? I was like, oh, yeah, I think I picked it up. She's like, oh, yeah, I must have left mine inside. I was like, okay, let me check my bag. So I put mine down, got in my bag, 
Nah, Jess, you, you said you were taking the key this morning. I don't have the key. She goes, no, 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 you went to have... So we locked out of our room. <laughs> so she's gone all the way back downstairs, got the key from them, but they needed photo ID. And she didn't take her wallet down with her. Don't so she's had to come back up, get her wallet, go back down, get the key. Got into our room finally. And we'd been eating like tuna and stuff and like soups and things because we didn't have any other facilities by a microwave. So we yeah. bought soup for dinner, which needed a can opener. So gone back down <laughs> to get the can opener. And it was just one of those moments that like, it didn't, it's not a big deal. Like, well, but any, at the any time. one of those thousand things. Yeah. At the time we were just like, this is not even like, this It's not even a joke. Like, yeah. and it was one of those things that those memories, as stupid as that was, that was yeah. like the smallest part of our whole trip. It was one of the fondest memories that I had because it was literally like forever we're going to have these stories that we're just going to laugh about because if we don't laugh, we cry. Yeah. So I think it's those memories and you could have been anywhere in the world really, yeah, but you remember Florida because yeah. that's what happened there. And you remember the, I think you remember the, um, the uncertainty and the struggle yeah. and the yeah. suffering and stuff. Yeah. I think that's like most of my travel memories aren't necessarily pleasant. Yeah. Like at least initially. Um, and I think it's really important for people to understand that it's not all, the standing at Disney World and going, yeah, this is rad, or yeah. like standing at the top of a mountain, or yeah. But it's the things that happen away that wouldn't normally happen at home. Like I would never be in that situation with Jess in Australia it, because yeah. I'd have my phone, I'd have internet. You know, I yeah. wouldn't be at a hotel. Mm. So it's one of those things that, yeah, it has to happen when it's overseas, and it isn't the fanciest thing. Yeah, um, that's cool. But yeah, there are a bunch of questions for you to finish off. Okay. If you go to one place in the world right now, where would it be? Scotland. Scotland. Why? Favorite location out of all the countries I've been to. Awesome. Yeah. Good. That's high on my list. Have you had a defining moment? I don't know. I don't think. No, I don't think a single. I don't think I've had a single defining defining moment. I think as I've said it through this whole podcast, the collection of my experiences now defines who I am today, but who I am today will be very different to who I am tomorrow because today's experience will influence me tomorrow. Good. Hope you don't change too much in in a day. Yeah, no. Good. If you could be remembered in one sentence, what would it be? Oh, I hate these kind of questions. Deal with it. This is like the the song, the, the only song for the rest of your life question. I don't think... I haven't actually asked that question on the podcast, I think, so I'll ask that next. Damn it. I don't know. What line? One sentence. One sentence. It's on your gravestone. (sighs) No one can stop me but me. Good. Ironic because you're dead and you've been stopped. It's so ironic. <laughs> no, but that won't be on my grave. I don't want that to be on my grave. Gravestones are like loving sister, wife, <laughs> daughter, <laughs> memory no forever. No one can stop me but me. Okay. So. No, no one can stop me but this yeah, grave. No, I know what you're to, yeah. we'll, we'll just paraphrase. Okay. Um, so for those guys listening, one of the questions, whenever we're interviewing new staff at Virtus, I always make sure that the questions are like, super weird and all over the shop um obviously there's an intention towards it but i want people to understand that we're not normal so one of the questions i asked the last sort of guys was if one 
song had to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what song would it be? So what was yours? No, but I've changed it now. You've changed it. I really thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was your I was like, at the time that I wrote this, on my original answer, when I like applied to become down to Virtus, I wrote Survivor by Destiny's Child. And it's so, I think back now I like cringe. I was pretty unhappy with that answer. Yeah. It was kind of just like a spare of the moment. I actually asked my housemate to help me and he just laughed when I said that, but I was like, you know what? I am a survivor, but, (laughs) but probably lean on me. Ooh, good. Yeah. Good answer. Good, good follow-up I answer. think that's like a, yeah, that's what I want to aim for. People can lean on me. That's good. Thanks. What's what you, yours? Uh, hooked on a feeling. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Mm. you thought about that for a long time, haven't you? No, but I don't think I've ever been asked that question. What's your purpose? I ask the questions, mate. Can I ask you a question? Hit me. What's your purpose? To uh, see, I'm working like I'm still working on mine yeah, as well, same. right? So, um, really simply, it's to make the world a better place. But, yeah. But first of all, to make my world a better place. Yeah. So, to cultivate a life where I'm challenged constantly, consistently, or, or constantly challenged, um, I'm connected, I'm learning and I'm growing um, because I think that allows me to like that constant, constant challenge is a big thing for me I love experiencing new things but doing it whilst connecting with people yeah. so like coaching is I guess how I'm doing it at the moment yeah. and, and mentoring and speaking things like this but um, I want to make the world a better place through connection and through that this like Excellence thing that I'm kind of chasing. Yeah. Um, the ability to improve and do your best every day. Yeah. Which is a little bit cliche, so I'm working on it. Can I get two more questions? Hear me. Why is, why is it called Virtus? Why Virtus? Where did that name come from? I'll give you two guesses. No, I don't know. I'm not a very good guesser. I feel like... <clears throat> Have you seen one word written, written around a lot? No. On my Instagram, on the walls? Oh, be good. No. Oh. Virtus. Starts with E. I just excellence. said it. Yeah. So Virtus is, is Latin for excellence. Ah. Mm. I feel like that was a trick question. That's why I would have said excellence, but I thought it, it was really a trick wasn't. Question. It really <laughs> wasn't. So yeah, Virtus is, Virtus is Latin for excellence. So that's why. Cool. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. I had another question, and now it's gone. Do you want to think about it while I keep asking? No, 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 no. I've got? got another one. Um. What is like the how did Virtus come about? I know because your mum mentioned the other day that you were working out of the, the, the garage at their yeah. house two years ago. How did Virtus come years. about? That's a really long question. Podcast 19 and 20, I kind of go into it a little bit. Okay, I'll go listen. Um, how did Virtus come about? I was probably always going to work for myself. Yeah. Dad, dad runs his own business. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a podiatrist, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like being told what to do. Same like me, yeah. Um, but I think it came about mostly because I wanted to put all of the best parts of all the best places together into one place. Um, yeah. So, like, I wanted a mix of the private, like, strength and conditioning facility where 
it was a community and everyone knew their names and everyone yeah. knew each other's names and it was a family rather than just a gym like yeah. or a business I wanted the high performance side of it that came from say like playing kind of in the VFL yeah it came from that um, and I wanted a cool place where I could go and hang out every day and I actually wanted to be yeah cool yeah I like I, I've never had a job I didn't like um, and I didn't enjoy which I guess is a cool thing to be able to say. Yeah. I've had some hard jobs and I've yeah. had some jobs that were really difficult, but I always enjoyed doing them. Yeah. And it was always because of the people I was doing it with. Yeah. So a big part of what we're doing is obviously building a team um, of people that we want to have connection and, and growth and improvement with over the next forever. Yeah. Um, and having that community that the team can help grow. Um, yeah, how it came about was probably a bunch of little things that I wanted because like that, yeah pretty much because that whole like what is my purpose part of it is to bring other people together I think yeah. I think that's something I'm good at um, and I think if you like you're in charge like we were talking about before it's yeah. completely up to you so yeah. I kind of realised that if I wanted my life to be awesome and I've always had it's weird because I've always had an ex- expectation on myself that things are going to be rad yeah okay um that life's just going to be sick yeah and we're just going to do heaps of cool shit and yeah and die eventually yeah um and I think that that kind of expectation is kind of kind of drives me yeah because if I want to do cool shit I have to go do cool shit do you know I just got goosebumps when you said that yeah that's weird that's we just nice. do cool shit and then yeah. we die it's yeah. so true put there we go that's that's gonna be on my tombstone. I just did a cool, did a bunch of cool shit, connected with a bunch of people, and now I, now I'm gone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> write that down. Someone put that on a t-shirt. And write Can it we down. actually? Sure. Let's do it. Doing cool shit and then I'll die, on a t-shirt. I like it. Next question, for yeah. you. What's your favourite fun fact? Do you know what I just pictured as soon as she said that? Libra pads at the back of the Libra pad. There's like fun facts. Really? Girls, girls will know what oh, I'm talking yeah, about. Sorry, I haven't checked my box of Libra pads for a while. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, sorry. Uh, fun fact. I don't know. I go blank every time you ask me these kind of questions. Like your favorite book, your favorite quote. Like I just go blank, completely blank. Fun. What's your fun fact? What's your go-to fun fact? Um, well, the ones that, when you say that, my brain just goes to all of the fun facts that people have said in the podcast. So I'm mm. going to try and not repeat one. It's my favourite fun fact. Um, yeah, now I'm struggling. Give me an example of what people have said. Uh, polar bears are left-handed. That's cool. Yeah. That was Mark Simpson. Shout out. Um, here's my favorite fun fact. Vodka's just flavorless gin. Ooh. Mm. Watch out, you vodka lovers. Yeah. Vodka Wallace well, is coming for if you. If you're a vodka lover, you're a psychopath. Fun fact. I don't know. I got to do another podcast and come back later. That's right. We'll do, we can do plenty. <laughs> We've got to keep this one a week thing up, so, you know. Yeah. There's availabilities. There's slots in the calendar. Cool. All right. Next question. What are you most proud of? Uh, 
It's going to say really... Um, no, what? <laughs> he didn't even know what I was going to say. I'm proud of myself. Why? Just as in a whole, like... I don't know. I feel like... I've worked hard to achieve what I've wanted to achieve and I've yeah. exceeded what I thought I would, where I thought I would be at this age. That's cool. And like, that's not, and like, that hasn't come just from me. Like that's from having a really supportive family, having the best bunch of close friends, you know, taking opportunity when they come. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like that's I'm cool. proud of a lot of things. Like I'm proud I'm proud of everyone that's in my life for different reasons. But I think if you can't be proud for yourself, then no one's going to be proud for you. Like, I just... Except for your mum. Mum will always be proud. Yeah. I annoy the crap out of my mum, though. Shout out to mum if she listens. Trishy gal. (laughs) Um, She will listen. Because she's proud of me. She's bloody better. (laughs) No, I don't know. I'm proud of... I'm proud of my parents for making me who I am. Good. I like it. Yeah. It was um, my parents' 30th anniversary the other day. So yeah, ch- yeah. shout out to them. Um, 30th wedding anniversary too, which is, them, which is pretty cool. Um, but I... Don't do 30. But <laughs> I, I wrote on... The, my sister gave me the card. She's like, you got to write on it. And I wrote... Because right, Lockie has really nice writing, for those that don't know. Thanks. I definitely don't. You actually do. You should see when all I focus and take your time. That's if so nice. If it's on the whiteboard, it's got to be nice. Yeah. Color coordinated too. Um, on, that, <laughs> on that card, I wrote, um, "Congratulations! Oh, thanks, thanks for making us who we are um, and creating for creating four children um, who I assume you can be proud of." Um, it's either a great achievement or a terrible misfire depending on your dependent entirely on your opinions of us yeah <laughs> so true. I thought that was pretty good that was a cool like are you a comedian or no I just like writing, I just like writing shit I just, I just no, thought it was good. a really cool way to look at it it's yeah. just like well it's well how you done, can see things well done yeah if you like us yeah Hope if that. you don't well joke's on you bad luck your fault yeah. <laughs> so true back half of that question so yeah. second half of that question what are you most ashamed of Uh, uh, probably how I've reacted in intense situations before. I think when you have a personality that's very full on and very, you know, I'm, I'm an, it, like, I'm very extrinsic person like I'm very open with my opinion and I am I'm not softly spoken and I think that time that sometimes has been my enemy um that I am stubborn yeah um and I guess you don't always react as how you how you want to in intense situations but yeah so I'm I think I think I don't know it's ashamed I'm probably more embarrassed by how I've reacted sometimes, yeah. but I will, I'm not someone that doesn't apologize. Like if I've done something wrong, I'm the first person to apologize. But then I also won't apologize if I just for the sake of making someone else happy. 
Cool. Because I feel like when you apologise, when you haven't done anything, you're setting a standard that people can walk all over you. Yeah. And I don't agree with that either because I've seen too many people get walked over. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Because like, I think sometimes you've just got, like, to close the loop, sometimes you've just got to... Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. if it's a petty, something petty and I'm just like... I can't even be bothered with yeah. it and it's not that much of an issue to me. Yeah. But if it's something that I truly stand by and I, I believe, I truly believe that I've taken that person's opinion and their feelings into consideration and they're still not listening to me, I won't yeah. apologize for that. So I think it depends on the situation, but yes, I do believe that throughout my life and I probably will keep doing it for the rest of my life that I react sometimes in ways that I probably shouldn't. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an interesting word, ashamed. Yeah, because uh, I wouldn't say I'm ashamed, but I'm just embarrassed. It's just shit we learn from, right? Yeah. All right, a couple of favourites to finish off. Okay. Favourite book? Oh, we had this conversation last week, Alchemist. The Alchemist is such a good book. Yeah. What did you say first? No, I don't say. I said something. It's up on your wall. Yeah, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. No, you get angry. Yeah, you did. I get a little angry. Um, yeah, The Alchemist it's is amazing. It's art of not giving a... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good book. Yeah. Now, The Alchemist is, is spectacular. Um, I have another couple of books. I read this book when I was a kid. Don't couldn't tell you what it's called. Hungry Hungry Caterpillar? No, that's The Rainbow Fish? No. No, like... Spot. I was, I was a bit older than that. I would have been like year eight, year eight or nine. Anyway, it was a book about when you pass away. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. So when you die, you go on this boat Ooh. and you stay on this boat until you get rebirthed. And how long you spend on this boat is dependent on how long you've lived on Earth. Okay. And that you die when you've fulfilled everything that you're supposed to fulfill. So. That's cool. You know, kids, this was an actual example used in the book and it's not being, me being insensitive, but um, like children in poverty and um, famine who only live till 18 months, two years, yeah. and then they pass away, that's because their body and their soul is endured as much as it can stand for that lifetime. Oh, yeah. So then they pass away, and if they've been on this earth for two years, they go and they're off this earth for two years, and then they get to come back. Whereas if someone's lived till 99 and they've had a long life, but they haven't really fulfilled everything, it's taken them that long to fulfill what they should fulfill based yep. on their destiny. Like, it's a bit corny, but they live till 99, but because they've had 99 quality years on earth, they then have to go wait 99 years to come back. It's really interesting. Yeah, I can't. Don't know what it's called, but it, like I was, I was thirteen or fourteen when I read it, and it's always stuck with me. It's a heavy book to read when you're thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, but it was like in the, it was in the school library, so like. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't to know, but it taught me a lot of life lessons. That's I will cool. try one day find out what that book's called. Yeah, you better. Yeah. For one of the podcasts, we'll get on it. Okay. It's a, it's a little. I know I'm asking you questions, but there's a red book for anyone that wants to read a book about mortality. Um, it's called Not Fade Away. It's from Peter Barton and Lawrence James. It's it's about him finding out he he knew he thought he was going to die early because um, his his father did and his grandpa did and he gets to the age where they died and he was like oh I'm sweet I'm fine and then he gets diagnosed with cancer so he'd kind of lived his whole life thinking he was going to die soon die early and did um, yeah it's a really cool book around like making every minute count. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're looking for a book of it and you want to dive into mortality, get on it. <laughs> Next favourite. Yeah. Favourite movie. Anything with Denzel Washington. Oh, good. Favourite sport. 
This is hard. I'm going to make one circle unhappy. Controversial because people don't always classify dancing as a sport. Anyway, <laughs> in that, that's actually given me a scapegoat. Favorite sports rugby. Union. So you Union. don't you don't qualify dancing as a sport? I personally do, but the world doesn't. Well, it depends what your scale. criteria for a sport is, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Is chess a sport? Favorite uh, binge worthy TV show? Ooh, so many. So many. Um, uh, top three. Top three recently within 2018. Um, Orange is the New Black. Yep. Shameless. Yeah. Love me some Shameless. And if we're sticking in 2018, mm, Suits. Oh, good. Suits. Previous to this year, your classics. Um, how I Met Your Mother, Friends, Grey's Anatomy. One of, those, of one of those three is a classic. Friends. How many other? Oh. Don't do Friends. Okay. <laughs> Scrubs. Scrubs, yes. The best. Um, Favourite way to spend a Sunday afternoon? Adventuring somewhere. Awesome. Going, you know, Great Ocean Road, Dandenong Ranges, down to Geelong, Rye. So much cool shit around. Yeah. Doing something. Like, it doesn't have to be crazy, but, like, just being in nature or being within the company of people. Yep. So going bowling, going playing pitch and putt. Just something fun. Good. Favourite, last one, or last favourite, favourite quote? This too shall pass. Good. Very good. All right, last question. Mm-hmm. If this was going to be the last time we ever saw each other, what oh, would, what, no, don't st- it won't be. Why do you if, have to end I said this? if, mate. Okay. What would be the one piece of advice that you'd leave me with? Always work to improve yourself, but be okay with being you. And on that note, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I hope to be back very, very soon. And thank you for welcoming me into the Virtus family, everyone that I've met so far. It's been an absolute pleasure the last two weeks, and it truly is a family down here. So you should be very proud of your work, Mr. Wallace. Good from you.